Okay, welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are here and we've never left. We were, we've been here for an entire week. We've been sitting here, no food, no water, just waiting until the mics come back on and we can talk to each other again. I'm Illegal86 and I am joined as always by Nerd Bomber and Tactic over in the vast reaches of cyberspace. Hello, hello everybody. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. We're approaching the end of spooky month which of course means spooky day is on the horizon we'll be talking about that a little bit you know here and there with one of our news topics today i also have a scary quiz later as decided upon by our patreon subscribers so get excited for that it's pronounced quiz it's pronounced quiz you pronounce it the same way as i just did you just you did a weird thing <laughs> um, which I think was intended to be scary, and and I, I suppose it kind of was. It chilled my blood a little bit. I'm shaking in my boots. Um, shaking in my boots as well. We have some boot shaky news today. We're going to be talking about Hocus Pocus, which is the the particularly boot shaky one. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the PS5 release, specifically in relation to a couple of their supposed launch titles. Both have been delayed. One of them an exclusive, one of them not. Uh, one of them I'm sure you've already heard about. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Tactic's favorite comic book character. I think Red Hood's your favorite comic book character. Is He's that... up there as, as one of them, yeah. He's certainly in the in the conversation. We got a first look at the Red Hood incarnation coming to DC's Titans, I believe is the name of the show, coming to HBO Max. So I'm sure Tactic is going to comment a lot about that. But... Let's start with Hocus Pocus because I happen to know there's someone in the virtual room here who had a bit of an obsession with Hocus Pocus. She's a self-proclaimed expert. Oh, yeah. So I'll give you guys the lowdown of why I consider myself to be an expert and a little bit of an addict. So for whatever reason, when I was like three years old, I was obsessed with the movie. My parents had it on VHS and that was kind of like their initial downfall. And so they bought it around Halloween and then I really just, I liked it. I was obsessed with the movie and there was a cat and stuff and who wouldn't like a cool cat? And he talked and was adorable. And then I always like, I kind of related to the little sister, older brother dynamic that was going on because both of my siblings were so much older than I was. Plus I just thought it was funny and it really fit my three-year-old sense of humor. So my grandma would watch me while my parents were at work and she indulged the crap out of me. So every single day, not even joking, we watched at two o'clock p.m. I would demand a bag of popcorn and we would watch Hocus Pocus. And I literally for like two years of her watching me until I went to kindergarten, I would watch Hocus Pocus and my parents would try to hide the VHS. And then I was a crafty little three year old. And I would discover their hiding places and pull it back out. And they'd be like, how did the tape get out again? And I'd be like, you can't hide this from me. That sounds like a game. I mean, if they really didn't want you to get it, they would just like burn it. Like the like the ring. Just burn it. Light it on fire. But right? I mean, then we did watch it at Halloween time. Like when the normal Hocus Pocus season rolled around, they wanted to watch it. And like VHSs weren't cheap back then. It was like the early so you, 90s. So you watched it. You're not you're not saying just during spook you're saying year round. Year round. Yes. Every day. Pop in hocus pocus. That's a problem. Did I your mean, grandma actually attentively watch it with you or did she like go off and do something else? No, I made her sit next to me <laughs> and share the bowl of popcorn and even so now. Cruel. That's so, so cruel. So <laughs> when Halloween comes around and obviously I haven't seen her this year because of 
COVID stuff, but normally like we'll get together for Halloween and she'll be like, do you remember when you made me watch that silly movie with Bette Midler and that talking cat? And I'm like, yep. And you're like, get you ready know, to do it again. And you pop it, the VHS in. Back and then, you peel her eyelids back like clockwork orange. Back then, it was probably cruel. But now, it's it's become this adorable memory. So mm-hmm. so I have a couple questions before we get into the actual news. One, are you a, would you consider yourself to be a witch based on how often you've seen the movie? How many times you've seen the movie? Are you a witch? No, because I never related with the witches. I okay. related with Binks the Cat and the kids. Primarily follow Binks up. the cat. I went on to name my cat, who was a black cat, Binks. So, follow-up question, question two. Would you consider your grandma to be a witch? Or to be a witch sympathizer? Oh, absolutely Based on not. your viewings of the movie. Okay, in she's fact, I would say she's a saint for not, like, breaking the VHS in half. <laughs> right. It sounds like she is. So, the news here, and what we have to contend with, and what Nerd Bomber is probably going to gush further about, there is a Hocus Pocus sequel in the works, and, and allow me to clarify. I don't believe there has been a formal announcement yet, but according to Bette Midler, who of course played one of the Sanderson sisters, all three of the Sanderson sisters have been approached about developing a sequel. News apparently initially broke about this from Disney last year, and now the three of them have been approached, and it sounds like the wheels are, are starting to churn. She apparently has told Entertainment Tonight that she would absolutely be up for reprising her role, adding, I can't wait to fly. So this is happening, which is, you know, a joy for people who have seen the movie. Well, how many times would you say, estimate, ballpark it for me, how many times you've seen this movie? Well, I mean, I would say, oh man, there's 52, I can I can actually do the math here. There's 52, 52 weeks, weeks in a year, year, two weekend days when my grandma was not watching me. Right. So that is 104 days taken out of the 365 days of the year. Which leaves us with 261 days each year times two. So I've probably seen the movie about 500 times, which Plus is Plus every absurd. Halloween and after. Yeah, every Halloween since then. Right. So o- over 500 times. Now, t- t- as a kind of a, a contrasting point of reference, I've seen this movie. I will say that. It's been a long, long time. I don't know if I've seen it more than once. To prep for this episode, I had to look up the plot summary on Wikipedia. I remember the vacuum. I remember, I remember one of the witches riding around in a vacuum. That's like my main... That's what I remember about it. Mm -hmm. But you remember every scene, every minute detail about it. Oh, yeah. I can quote the majority of the movie. Like, I can sit there and pretty much tell you every line as it happens. Okay. So, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm about to put you on the spot. Okay. So, Hocus Pocus 2 is happening. Give me a title. Give me a brief. What would you like to see happen? I mean, it sounds like, again, based on Wikipedia, at the end of this thing, the spell book apparently has eyes. I don't remember anything. I, I can't stress that enough. The spellbook has eyes, and at the end, it opens one of its eyes, implying that it's still alive and can bring back the Sanderson sisters who were, spoiler alert, disintegrated into dust at the end of the first movie. So, aside from the plot, what made this this movie so cherished was the comedy that was both fun for adults and children. So, one scene in particular I'd like to point at is there's a scene where the three witches approach a bus... And they're looking for children. And he literally says to them, we can make a baby together, basically. I'm summarizing, but that's... I can tell you pretty much the exact line. She's like, uh, we're, we want children. Out of the way. We're looking for what? children. And he's like, it might take me a couple tries, but I can do that. Like, that's the kind <laughs> of humor that's in there. And, and like, children won't get it, but adults will be laughing. And it's... It's amazing the the line that they walked and were able to squeeze these lines into a family-friendly movie. So 
Going back to your sequel question, though, as much as I love Hocus Pocus, and you might be startled to find this out, I don't know if I'm on board for a sequel. And prior to Bette Midler confirming that the original trio of witches would be back, I know when Disney announced it last year, that was not confirmed. And I think they were throwing around the idea of a reboot, which I was totally against. Like, you don't touch it. You don't try to reboot this movie. It's a classic. You leave it as is. There's not even that many, like crazy cultural references that would date the movie. I mean, there's a few, obviously, like no cell phones or something like that, but I think you just leave it as is. That said, to win me over, obviously getting the three Sanderson sisters in their original form is super crucial. I think those three, and especially Bette Midler, really made that movie what it was. I think without their humor and without their driving performances, the movie will not be the same. So I'm glad they did that. That said, like if they get new kids, I feel like it's going to be kind of annoying. I, I wanted to kind of see the old cast in its entirety come back, and they're going to have some explaining to do because they're- the whole premise of the first movie was that the witches come back because a virgin lights the black flame candle, and right. once the black flame candle burns down and the sun rises, that's it. They only get one shot at immortality and coming back from the dead, and that's why they poof at the end of the original movie. So they're going to have to do something very compelling and convincing for the big fan and me to not just see this in some kind of like tacky comeback movie playing on my my sentimentality for the movie. That's, you know what I mean? That's an easy rewrite. Yeah. I, so I, I think that's an easy rewrite. And, and just to give some more specifics about this uh, that kind of give me hope, I guess. First of all, I didn't realize this movie initially bombed at the box office. It oh, doesn't yeah, surprise it. me. I guess. Um, but it initially bound to the box office for Hocus Pocus two. They're bringing in Adam Shankman, who is perhaps most well known for directing Hairspray, which I saw and I liked. It was, you know, it was certainly a fine movie this year. As far as its popularity goes, it's continued popularity this year for Freeform's 31 nights of Halloween. It is playing 14 times. Almost half of their 31 nights of Halloween are just Hocus Pocus. Well, it's uh, become like a cult clearly classic. a following like, right. Even I want to say it was last year or maybe the year before ABC family actually had it was in some big cemetery in California, but they had this big like hocus pocus festival and a ton of people turned out to it. Right. So one thing I would be interested in looking for points of reference, one that I can see is uh, what's the name of the new Mary Poppins? It's just called Mary Poppins Returns where they got Emily Blunt and the kids were in it but they were adults and they had kids that's my understanding i actually didn't see mary poppins returns um that i would be down for so that is that a i guess you took away what i was gonna say oh i took i stole it okay uh let's you say it now so i'll yeah go ahead i am excited for this but i think there's several things they need to do and that's why i brought up the humor of it is they need to bring back that same witty style of humor i thought it was fantastic and it worked well they need to bring back the original cast, including the kids, in some fashion, probably similar to the way they did Fuller House, like you had mentioned, where it's their okay. kids. right. And they need to, like Nerd Bomber say, write in a story that jives with the original plot. And in the original plot, the, the lore, if you want to call it lore, states that they had been hung, and that when they were hung, they made a deal with the devil. So if they're officially dead... What's stopping them from making another deal with the devil? That's fair. Right. I will say Uh, I'm also really excited. So one of the things that they really keyed on in the original movie was obviously the original witches were hung back in like the Salem witch trial days. 
And so then when they're brought back into the 90s, like stuff like roads and cars and stuff like that really take them by surprise. And even they they see all these people trick-or-treating all these kids and they can't figure out like they smell children, but they see kids in masks and they don't understand. And like they find a guy who is dressed as the devil for Halloween and they're playing with the TV and stuff like that. And basically just interacting with how much has changed in terms of technology. And I feel like right. if you bring that witty humor and just kind of examine how much has changed even in 20 years, I mean, you look at what was around in the 90s and technology has grown and adapted and evolved so exponentially since then that even things like self-driving cars, I feel like could be very interesting for them to examine. And obviously like cell phones and just in general, all of the new it developments can't. since the 90s. There's going to be drones in this. There has to be. There's going to be drones. There's going to be there's going to be a TikTok scene. I mean, yeah, this is what you're describing is there's a term for it and it's fish out of water comedy. And they're probably I would expect them to lean hard into that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. In fact, it's probably a good thing. But think about them which is getting on TikTok. I mean, <laughs> well picture them that, flying on their brooms and then someone comes with their little drone camera to watch them. Right. Or flying on vacuums or flying on robot vacuums. Roombas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're onto something now. We could probably write this thing ourselves at this point. So there's no release date for this yet, of, of course. It seems like it's still in the early development phases, but they have the three sisters based on what we're hearing. So that's that's big for them. Presumably, this could be another Disney Plus thing, too. Getting the three sisters on board, I think, was one of the biggest hurdles because they've been talking about doing a sequel or some kind of follow-up for years now since it kind of became a cult-following type movie. And I think between everyone's busy schedule, specifically, I think Sarah Jessica Parker was just, I mean, she rose to fame and had a ton of projects in the 90s and the city and failure to launch and Uh, yeah, all those kind of like she did like rom-com stuff and all that kind of stuff. And I think she was just too busy to make it happen. So now that they're all getting a little bit older and have some more free time. I'm interested to see what it'll be. I, I'm optimistic, but very cautiously so. There's Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and then... Kathy some- and Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, I, I should have just asked you because I'm sure you know who it is. <laughs> I mean, Bette Midler is also probably a pretty, pretty busy lady most yeah. of the time. She has, she's she's uh, stacked up a lot of fame over the years, but it sounds like she's on board. So this could be big. I, like I said, I was saying this this could be a big Disney Plus property too i think we're getting close to the time uh nerd Bob and i were talking about this earlier today where people's like free year subscriptions are coming up so they're going to throw the mandalorian at us they're going to have to start throwing new content at us soon lest we decide to take our money back and leave for greener pastures and granted this is a long ways out but maybe this is one thing that further down the line will entice people to the disney plus paradise so hocus pocus sequel get hyped for that get not hyped for video game delays this is not surprising this is something we've talked about before with regards to various other titles but kind of an interesting twist to this one so destruction all-stars i believe is a game that we specifically mentioned when we were talking about the playstation showcase i know i wanted to mention it because it looks very very fun very arcadey very brightly colored apparently it's been compared to rocket league in certain circles i don't really know if i see that but could have a very vibrant online multiplayer lifespan i guess so i'm gonna make a uh, comparison that you probably never yeah. heard of it's a lot it seems a lot like rocket league to me <laughs> okay i you know what i i can see that yeah. i can totally see that it has been delayed and the interesting 
thing about this uh this was originally going to be a launch title alongside the console which we're now starting to see i think as of today i think i've seen a couple unboxing videos hit i mean this this thing is coming out very soon kind of late in the game to delay this but they're announcing a delay until february of 2021 which is i think also when ratchet and clank was delayed too or there's a lot of delays that have been pushed into the spring but in any case the interesting thing here is that to make up for the delay this is going to be a playstation plus free to download game for two months when it first comes out people who pre-ordered are getting a refund and it's going to be free free to download and play for well, not free to play. You still need a PlayStation Plus subscription, but it's going to be free to download for two months, which I can't imagine how whoever the dev is comes out, you know, in the black on that. <laughs> but I guess Sony would be paying them. It, it's it's very interesting. So I want to I want to open it up to you guys. I mean, you know, so obviously upsetting, but pretty cool. No, I think this is this is the right move in a game again similar to Rocket League. A lot of the in-game content and customizable options and and online store so to speak is where the majority of the revenue is going to be pulled on that game and so to have the two months free you you'll allow yourself to build this huge community who get into this passion project of their their vehicle and one the online community is what's going to help it thrive and stay sustainable two once they're in it's 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 like a drug right you're hooked we've talked about this with ea and and how addictive such content can be and it, it's it's very profitable to do this this type of path, and I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Again, look no further than Nerd Bomber, who I think lost herself <laughs> for a, for a, a a reasonable stretch in Rocket Rocket League. I feel uh, like if you look at my total hours spent in Rocket League, I've probably lost like a year of my life in well, that game. It's not just Rocket League; it was the whole like trading and investing the ecosystem. And, yeah. yeah. Right. And I mean, I agree with Tactic here. So first of all, this game was a $70 title. And up until now, like we really haven't seen all that much about the game. It, uh, besides the PlayStation Showcase footage Which that we saw. Which is just a saw. flashy trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not gameplay footage. It's just, this is what it's going to be. Look how cool it is. Look, shiny. Right, like yeah. we haven't seen any other information about the game come out. And I know even on like the Twitter gaming circles, people have been very skeptical, like, you expect us to pre-order and buy this game as a launch title for $70, but what is this? And so I think it's smart to push it. I think it's smart to make it free to play. And also, like, we've recently seen success even beyond Rocket League. Like, look how crazy Fall Guys did. Like, yeah. that was a game that everyone was kind of interested in. And then it was given away free with PS, PS Plus, And it literally became an overnight sensation because millions of people suddenly had access to this game. And it became a Twitch phenomenon. And now I think it's kind of um, Among Us has taken some of its steam and it's died down a little bit. But I mean, what it managed to do by going free to play was impressive. And then after those two months, if this game becomes a big hit and a bunch of people are streaming it and interested in it, then people will buy the game. Because really for a game like that, especially a multiplayer title, the biggest thing that can make or break a game is the player base. And I, I go back and I think about what was that game that was it a Gearbox game or like a 2K game, Battleborn, I think it was. And Battleborn. the three of us, yeah, we played it yeah, together and we, it was we fun. We played it. But like nobody had the game. So it quickly died and then it went to free to play and then still nobody played it. So then it just, they took the servers offline and that it, was it. it. Died. It died, died. 
So I think $70 is a steep price for a game like this. And especially one that has not really been proven and has not a lot of footage and information available. And I tend to think this is the right move here. So incidentally, have you guys played Fall Guys? Because I actually haven't. I have, yeah. But it looks it's a lot of fun. It looks great. Yeah, it looks I really recommend. fun. I just haven't gotten around to it. I have played Among Us, which is everything is cracked up to be. I have to admit, it's very fun. So yeah, th- this one has been delayed. This is not the only delay we've recently heard about, though. A game that has been oft delayed. I think this is probably its third or fourth delay. I actually don't know, but Cyberpunk 2077. You know, the game that Kanye announced. Or not Kanye. Jeez. Keanu. <laughs> oh. Kanye yeah. did not announce it. That's an important Very different people. <laughs> this has been delayed. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed three weeks to December 10th. Now, in the grand scheme, this is a very short delay. You know, I think people probably wanted this game to be available essentially at launch because the visuals in this game, we have, again, I don't think we've seen a whole lot of gameplay from this one, but the visuals look absolutely stunning. It promises a lot in terms of this futuristic open world that you can do a lot of stuff in. So... I don't know how big of a deal this is, you know, and this, this is interesting too. the economics of, of this are not as interesting because there's not this, you know, free to play aspect as there was with destruction all stars, but people who bought next gen consoles, uh, the two of you among, among them, some of them may now be feeling concerned, ripped off in some sense. Although I doubt that, I mean, it's three weeks, it's not the end of the world, but does this continue to raise concerns for just the gaming industry as a whole and how they're getting behind because of COVID? I mean, there are delays, and I think this is something that we're all just going to have to live with and understand because it's harder to work from home and get things done, especially when it's such a collaborative thing as a game. I mean, there's so many intensive man hours put into making a video game, and like at this point, I I don't fault developers for delays. They're doing the best they can, and 21 days really doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I will say that a lot of the reason I was reading the open letter that they kind of put on the internet to explain the delay, and part of it is because this game was not originally intended to be a next-gen game. It was originally intended to be a current-gen game, and then it took so long, and it kind of lined up with next-gen, so they kind of threw in next-gen support. And it seems like making sure that it works on all consoles that this is going to be available on is their priority and why they're pushing it. And in my opinion... I mean, we all complain when a game launches and it's super buggy or it bricks consoles. Give them right. the 21 days. I mean, other games and other titles are coming out in that direct launch window. Uh, like big sweeping games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is not going to be a short game and Watch Dogs Legion is going to be a very Thank big you. game. I was just going to say that. I am for this delay because it gives me time to get my hours of Watchdog Legion in because that comes, it got delayed on my shipment because I want the hard copy of the disc, but that'll be here November 4th for me. And I just want time and I don't want to be having to choose. I hate making decisions. So thanks guys. I appreciate the delay. So to give some actual dates to what you were describing in terms of the, the kind of in-between gens, this game was originally scheduled to be released on April 16th of this year. Obviously, that didn't happen for a large number of reasons, and it was pushed back to September 17th. Then it was pushed back to the 19th, and now it's been pushed back to, whatever I said, December or something or other. <laughs> December 10th. So, yeah, and, and it's worth noting, too, they the developers have made a statement essentially saying 21 days doesn't seem like it will make a huge difference with such a massive game, but we promise you that it does. And I think the assurance that they want to put out the best possible product, we talked about this before with these game releases, you know, it sucks, but it's probably for the best. I think specifically we talked about this for Deathloop. When Deathloop was delayed, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, they want to give us the best possible game and 
good. I want the best possible game. Because, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, if a game comes out and it's a hot mess, there's a decent likelihood that I'm going to put it down and I'm not going to come back to it. Like, I don't care if they patch it six months later. Like, I'm done then. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many games coming out that I don't have time to go back and revisit something that might be better that I didn't enjoy the first time around. So I'm willing to wait for that good experience, personally. Right. I, I think, I mean, Cyber, Cyberpunk is not a game that I have immediate plans to buy. Uh, I, I, we talked a while back about the, they're doing like the genitalia stuff too, which is, I remember talking about that. And which not I that really my decision. Are you okay, okay with waiting until December to make digital genitalia tactic? Micro penis. Here I come. That's what, that's what <laughs> they're working on right now. They were about to ship it. And then someone was like, the penises aren't good enough. <laughs> we need, we need 21 more days. We need 21 more days to expand the size range for these things. Give people what they really want. So, uh, yeah, December 10th for for Cyberpunk and February 2021. I think that's as specific as, as they've gone for Destruction All-Stars. Get hyped, next-gen gamers. I mean, your time is your time is coming. Your time is come, essentially. I mean, I don't know when the PS5 ships. Did you say Did you say November 4th, or was that a game that you were talking about? Watch Dogs Legion was November 4th. I want to say, I should know the release date, because I have this thing pre-ordered, but it's like November 14th or 19th is when the PlayStation ships. I should We've know this. We've been talking about this for, for <laughs> episodes upon episodes, and we don't know when it when it ships. But um, There's too way, many dates floating around in my head right now. <laughs> right. I... I I have an iPhone pre-order that I'm thinking about for November. So there's just, there's a lot of dates. That's a whole nother spiel, but yeah, games get delayed and gamers got a deal, you know? So that brings us to our last topic of news. But before we hit that, we are going to hit our usual break before we do. Of course, I got to shout out our good friend, Mr. Ben Chackness. Ben has been supporting us on Patreon for quite a while now. And as a result, he gets this producer shout out in every episode. He gets input into our weekly game segment and he gets the occasional guest spot, which is coming up. Ben, get hyped for that. Uh, he also gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And these are all his privileges for supporting us at the night level on Patreon. You can also support us at the Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And then there's also the Lily page, which gets you monthly secret segment access so you could be like ben be a knight we'll put a sword over your shoulder which is really cool you could be a squire i don't really know what happens to squires in terms of like the royal court probably nothing they just say you're a squire and you leave but you get you know secret segments and vlogs or you could be a page which better than nothing i suppose so again the details on all of that patreon.com slash online warriors podcast is where you can find all the info we would super appreciate any support we can get we want to thank ben again and we are going to head to our break now and we'll be right back to talk about red hood hello everyone this is cm alexander from dairy public radio tune in wherever you listen to podcasts and join josh ben and i as we dissect the works of stephen king in a book club style format Whether your experience with King is comfortably familiar or frighteningly fanatic, Dairy Public Radio is here to keep you up to date with all that's happening in Dairy, Maine, and beyond. Okay, so the Red Hood. Now, we've talked about Red Hood on this show a handful of times, and much in the way that Nerdbomber gushes about Hocus Pocus. Tactic has gushed about the Red Hood. I believe the Red Hood to be one of his favorite DC Comics characters or at least it's in the running. And we have some Red Hood news in the past couple of days. Uh, So Red Hood was teased as uh, being involved in Titan's upcoming third season, 
over the summer at DC Fandom. We didn't yet know what the look was going to be for that, what Jason Todd was going to be wearing. And uh, now we know, and I'm loving this image. I'll turn it over to, to Tactic to talk more about it, but quite the reveal. So first and foremost, the show Titans has been touted with regards to its comic book accuracy and staying true to the comics, which that in itself really much excites me about what they're going to do with the Red Hood. On many of our episodes, I have begged and pleaded that each and every one of you watch Batman Under the Red Hood because it is yes. dark, it is gritty, and it is the basically the birth story of the Red Hood and, and how he went from Robin Jason Todd to becoming the Red Hood. And there is... Everything is aligning to show that we're just basically going to get a live action version of that. I mean, the costume is spot on for the, what the Red Hood will look like. Again, the, the accuracy in which they portray these characters has been spot on. So I am here for it. I'm excited. And I have yet to start watching the Titans show. But honestly, this is what is going to get me start watching. Once we finish our current show, Mr. Robot, I have requested that we move to Titans. So I want to paint a word picture here for the, for the listeners who obviously can't, potentially can't see the picture we're seeing. The mask is very Deadpool. I don't want to say no, it's, it's very red Deadpool, but it's, 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 well, it looks like my point of reference is Deadpool's mask and it looks like Deadpool's mask. Not that that's a bad thing. The, the main vibe that's hitting me through all this He's wearing a leather jacket. Like, it's it's barely a superhero costume. Like, it almost looks like he has a superhero costume on as a base layer. And he's like, I'm going to put a red hoodie on over that. And then a leather jacket on over that. He's he's crushing it with the layering. Well, the red hood really isn't so much of a superhero. Like, he ends up being a superhero. But it, right. he mostly, he has a vendetta against Batman and his old team. Well, no. He, so I'm, I'm going to explain it a little bit. He deeply cares for Batman, as do all the Robins, because he is a father figure to them. And right. his vendetta is not so much against Batman, but rather against Batman's ideals. He blames Batman for letting him die because time and time again, Batman has had the opportunity to straight up murderize the Joker, and he doesn't. And because he doesn't do that, eventually... The Joker murders him. And sorry if this is spoiling it for you guys, but this is important. And so when Batman figures out ultimately who he is and he confronts him, he's he's near tears saying, why did you let me die so that scum of the earth like the Joker could live? And how does if he's dead, how is he back? I'm not going to tell that part, but superhero okay. magic, comic book magic. Lazarus Pit. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that, that's exactly how. Did you look it up or did you guess? No, I just know what the Lazarus Pit is. Yeah, that, that's exactly how. But the reason why I say he is an anti-hero and, and not a bad guy is because he does go after criminals, but he straight up murders criminals. He has gun holsters and does not care. He will blow you up. Criminals. So it, it and it, it's very like, I love the look because it's, and I, 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 I don't know about the Red Hood. Obviously, I just made that clear, but like, like Nurbomber was saying, I, I think it's barely a superhero, right? It's just, he is a vigilante in the sense of like, he's wearing body armor and like stuff that makes him look super cool, but it's not, there's no cape. There's, you know, there's a mask so he conceals his identity, but that's about the only thing about him that is not just like tactical gear, basically. I guess you could also consider these like, he's wearing like shin guards like you wear in soccer, but they're made of metal and it looks like if, if he kicked you, it would really hurt. I'm very on board with it. I think it looks super cool. I think it looks similar to the way that 
the Chris Nolan Batman looked, which is, again, yeah, it's superhero. He's got a cape and stuff, but the suit itself is more like body armor and it's more, it's, it's, it's very urban and it's, more, it's like military feeling. I'm a big fan of it. Which is but staying true gonna, to the comics. Right. So he's going to kill some folks is your presumption or I guess what you learned. No, it's a, com- it, it's a fact. It's a fact. Okay, then. I, I and like, mean, I, it makes me more excited. So this whole like, I think it, it was all on DC Universe, which is like a streaming service or something like that, where all of these original shows like Titans and Doom Patrol, and I think there's several other ones. They kind of were under the radar because not a lot of people had that streaming service. And now that HBO Max is kind of pulling it into the fold and kind of taking over these shows, I'm really excited because I feel like they'll get more visibility. And like even us with Doom Patrol, like it is a phenomenal show. And I know we keep harping on it and we had the interview and everything like that. But like the star power in the show, the writing of the show, the message of the show is amazing. And most people didn't even know about it. And so I'm excited because I've heard pretty similar things about Titans and I just didn't have access to it before. So let me get some good DC content because prior to these shows, I think the only DC content you could get besides the mediocre movies, no offense to DC, but like you had the CW, you had the CW stuff. stuff. And like, don't get me wrong. I love the flash, but like arrow was good for only a couple seasons. And then it, it got CWified, if that makes any sense. Makes perfect sense. It, it became I mean, more like soapy drama-y than it did a superhero show or like exploring the characters. It was just like, what kind of drama can we cook up? I love you, but I can't. Yeah. So I'm excited to see DC kind of have their second coming in terms of these shows, getting a new lease on life, coming to HBO Max, because this Red Hood reveal does look awesome. And now I want to watch it. So you don't think, Tectic, that do you think Jason Todd loves loves anybody, but he can't? I think he's going to say that in the show. I love you, but I can't. He or is that he'll say, Yeah, he'll say it to Batman. Say it to Batman. I, you know, I also want to shout out ourselves. You mentioned the interview we had with Stephanie Schakowsky, uh, who played Hammerhead on the show. You can go check that out in one of our past episodes. And shout out to her as well. And shout out to DC, doing good things on TV. And as you alluded to, doing some not great things in movies and i don't i don't know how likely that is to change anytime soon go check out this red hood picture let us know what you think again the social meets at ow lady six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber and while you're waiting for the story to unfold in titans watch batman under the red hood do it the 99th recommendation of batman under the red hood from tactic and it will not be the last we're going to hit triple digits folks at online warriors one also is the main show account i don't know if i said that one but uh hit us up on any or all of those handles and tell us what you think about this rendition of the red hood and uh if you watch under the red hood dear god please reach out the tactic he needs someone to watch it and talk to him about it so that brings us to the end of the news and we've come at last to what are you up to wednesday because today's wednesday and because we've been assumedly up to things although i guess less so during a pandemic but we we, you know we get stuff done we do things i'll start today because i want to talk about a show that people should watch if they haven't very appropriate for spooky season i'm not talking about blind manor finished that was a fan of that but i'm actually talking about unsolved season two has dropped on netflix and i gotta tell you not as good as season one i have to be totally honest not gonna sugarcoat it but it's still very compelling television. True crime is is as big a entertainment giant as a genre as, as it is for a reason. And it manages to be compelling. I mean, it's crazy to think in a world of 
you know, constantly being recorded by various security cameras. Your phone always knows where you are, things like that. It's crazy to think that crimes like this can still occur and we don't know. I mean, I'm, these crimes aren't all, there are some that are, you know, kind of period piece things that are from the 90s or before that. But a lot of these happen, or at least some component of them happened in recent years. And it's still just totally unclear what went down. And like what people are was, missing or dead. What's the wildest case out of this season? Like out just this like season? top level this season. Yeah. There were a couple. So the one that I will mention, there was this guy and you put me on the spot. I can't think of his Sorry. name now. It's okay. It's the first episode in this, in this season. Uh, basically, this guy used to be a high level official in the government. He worked within the Bush administration. And I believe, actually, I think I think he was part of both Bush administrations and the Reagan administration as I think kind of like a military liaison kind of person who later went into private defense contracting. And he turned up dead sometime in the 2000s in a landfill. And he was actually identified from his West Point ring. Uh, that was how they identified him. And they started to piece together, you know, the night that he died. Again, using cameras and things, they could track some of his movements and the movements in themselves didn't make any sense. At certain points, he's walking around without shoes on. He's looking for a briefcase that he knows was stolen and that he's never going to get it back. And he's he goes to a parking garage to try and get his car, but he didn't park his car there, things like that. And then eventually he turns up dead. So it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, there's one that's about spies. There's one that's about missing children, which is, of course, is devastating. There's one that's about the tsunami in Japan back in, gosh, what was that, 2011 or something? Mm-hmm. And about uh, the fallout in terms of paranormal experiences that took place in that area around that time. So it it, it kind of dips its hands into a lot of things like that. And it's very interesting to watch. So I, just, I wanted to shout that out. Otherwise, not a whole lot going on. I think I mentioned last week, I'm looking for a new video game to pass the time. Haven't really found it yet. Uh, my girlfriend and I have been have been dicking around with Nintendo Switch Online, which I, I just I I don't want to mention any specific games, I guess, but but some of those old like NES games are unbelievably hard. I think I might have mentioned this. We were playing Donkey Kong Country at one point. We had to stop because it like wasn't even fun anymore. And it is amazing how many games, you know, back in that day, game developers were just exercising their cruel wills on people. And like I play some of these, I'm like, I don't know how anyone ever beat this game. Like I can barely beat level one. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a video gamer, or I like to think of myself as one at the very least. So that's been interesting, but I'm looking for something more current day that'll, that'll pass the time. So, hey, hey, give me any recommendations. Shout me out on the Twitter sphere if, if you have an idea for me. You, you guys know what I'm about. You've listened to the show for a while. You know what I'm into. Maybe. We'll, we'll see, I guess. So uh, that's the summary of things on my end. I'll turn it over to Nerd Bomber to give us her shtick for the week. So I might have some game recommendations for you, depending on what you're in the mood for. So I got a chance to play two different things this week. One, I just kind of lucked into. So I finished Doom Eternal and I talked about that the last two weeks and I was just kind of glad to be done with that. And I was looking for a completely different genre of game because that was a very high intensity thing. I just wanted to like slow the tempo down and I did not go back to the train building game, but instead I started playing new Super Lucky's Tale. And this is a 3D platformer game, kind of in the vein of like Spyro. You can tell it's very much aimed at kids, which is totally fine with me. And I had actually played Super Lucky's Tale 
and I think I put a few hours into it, but the mechanics were kind of janky. The camera angles were really frustrating to work with. And I just got really frustrated with the game and it was cute, but I just, I didn't enjoy it. And I was dying a lot because of stupid technical things. So I stopped playing it. And recently I know, I know I've talked about getting back into Microsoft rewards points collecting. And one of the tasks for the week was playing new Super Lucky's Tale, which is essentially the developers took the old game and completely rebuilt it from the ground up. They changed the camera control so you can basically completely control and swivel the camera, whereas before it was more of a fixed camera that could get stuck really easily. They redesigned a lot of the levels to make them more playable and more, I guess, just not as difficult to control and move around. They also, they relayed out some of the story beats, like the way that you, the general story of the game is exactly the same, but you encounter different worlds in different orders. And I have to say, it was a very vast improvement over the original game. And I'm actually like really into it. I've been playing it a lot. It reminds me of something like the good old days of 3D platformers, like a Spyro or something like that, or like the original Jack and Daxter, where you basically play this adorable little fox who goes around and there's different types of levels. There's some 2D side scrolling levels. There's some 3D platforming levels. There's a level where it's basically like constant movement and side scroller. Like you don't get to control your character. You're just constantly moving to the right and you have to jump and control stuff like that. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a really laid back game. It's super adorable, super cute. And I would, if you're into a 3D platformer that's not so difficult, that's just kind of ni- like nice and relaxing and cute, I would definitely recommend because what they've done with the game since the original came out is very impressive. And I am very pleasantly surprised and pleased. And then the other game that I've been playing specifically just today, because it came out today, is Ghost Runner. So we talked about this before and Tactic and I had played the demo on the PC because there was a free demo on Steam. And if you guys watched the video, you know we were not so good because we don't typically play with mouse and keyboard. So getting my fingers to do what I wanted them to do on the keyboard like was just not natural for me at all. But like you're basically a cyberpunk ninja person. So I bought it on the PlayStation 4 and installed it today. And first of all, yes, it's much easier for me, at least with a controller. I found the controls with the controller to just be so much more intuitive for me. And my fingers were able to just manage and work better. But there's a lot of like wall running. It's very smooth. It looks as good as it did in the demo. Uh, there's more story obviously added than what we saw in the demo. It, it's it's very fun, very fast paced. It can get frustrating at times because it's one hit kill. If you hit your enemy, it's just one slash. But if you get hit by a bullet, you're done. But luckily, like you don't really have to wait for loading screens. You just pop back in really quickly back to your last checkpoint and it I could see speedrunners getting a kick out of it because at the end of every level it gives you your time and how many deaths so there there's a lot more it's not so much like slash as it is more like you have to survey the landscape in front of you and figure out the best way to approach the puzzle because you have to like flank people to try to take them out. It's not It's not so much just like you can run and slash people. You have to kind of put some thought into it and make a lot of use of the slow-mo mechanic. But it's a lot of fun. I hope I get to play more of it this week because it's a good time. And graphically speaking, I'm really enjoying the cyberpunk aesthetic. And here I thought you were going to suggest Cat Quest to me. Or Mass <laughs> Effect again. Honestly. One of the two. 
Cat Quest 2, you can play together, you and Hayes. One can be a dog, one can be a cat. So you are suggesting it now. (laughs) You brought it up. You brought it up. I did. But you knew once you brought it up, or Mass Effect, both of those, those will always be long-standing suggestions. Along with Chuck. Yes. (laughs) But I I I stuck my head in the lion's mouth here. I know you and Hayes both liked Ratchet and Clank. I know you didn't actually play Ratchet and Clank, right? You watched it play? I didn't play it. I just, I think I would like it based on what I've seen. But she loved it. She like wants to get the PS5 just to play specifically Ratchet and Clank. for it. So like Super Lucky's Tale, it's definitely way more low key than Ratchet and Clank because, like I said, it's more geared towards kids. I think, but may not be a bad thing to check out. Well, I'm writing it down. You've, you've done it now. We'll see if if this passes the uh, impenetrable gauntlet of my of my preferences. But <laughs> consider it noted. Tactic, you've been you've been quiet. What do you what do you have for us today? For the gaming side of things, I wanted to play something that would just keep me busy until Watch Dogs arrives. And what that was was Sonic Forces. I've had that game for a while and just never really played it through. And I just beat the snot out of it real, real quick. And now I still have another awkward five days that I have to fill something with. We have Ghost Runner. I think I think that's what it's gonna be. And so that's a good game. I wish there was more customizable options in it. But it's pretty easy and gives you the same kind of satisfaction that most of the Sonic games get get you, but still not better than Sonic Adventure Battle 2, favorite game ever, Sonic. As far as the movie world goes, we watched Over the Moon, which is an animated movie about this young girl who wants to prove to her father that this moon person spirit exists and she's on the moon and By proving this to her father, her father will fall back in love with her mother who had passed away and and not move on. And so it goes into the adventure of her getting on the moon, learning lessons, learning about accepting when someone passes, and really, really heartfelt movie. I really enjoyed it, and I recommend it. We talked about this on the podcast. Again, this is months ago, but good to hear that it it came to fruition in in a positive and hopefully emotionally uplifting way. It was very well done in terms of like culturally, we don't have a lot of movies that are set in Asian culture. And I think it did a pretty decent job. Obviously, I'm not an expert, but it seemed like it did a decent job in capturing the culture as well. And I I would say it was up there with almost to the level of a Pixar movie, I would say. Wow. It's it's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, like it it wasn't quite at that level. It's a Netflix movie. Like we've said, you you come to not expect much, but I was actually pretty blown away with how decent this movie was. Okay. Well, duly noted. Always looking for things to watch on Netflix and we finished Unsolved, so I'll add it to the list. Tactic, as far as gaming goes, you never finished Last of Us, did you? Uh, No, I literally have like one level left. (laughs) That sounds like a great interim between now and five days from now task that you could knock out. I'm You're just putting me on the spot, there. and it, it sounds like I you have on the to spot. do it. Yeah, I'm His putting you on the got spot. Really red, just so you know. Guys, nerd, uh, I mean, Nerd Bomber can suggest stuff to me, and I, I I can take it and put it inside of myself and forget about it. You started Last of Us. That was your fault because you know you knew I was going to ask you about it, and uh, now you have to finish it. That's just, to be that's, fair. I stopped because the weather got nice. Well, the weather's not good now. At least not my neck of the woods. So. Good opportunity. Plus, it's spooky. It's spooky season. That game's scary. Kind of depressing, but also scary. So, that's my recommendation. Not that you asked for it. Okay, so, it's game time. What time is it? Game time. What time is it? Game time. Are the dogs in the house? Woof, woof. Dogs are in the house. Woof, 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 woof. So, as I mentioned before, the topic of the day is 
the Scream movie franchise. Now, full disclosure, I have not seen a single one of these movies. I think I saw the first scene of the first one with Drew Barrymore. I've seen bits and pieces. I know David Arquette, Courtney Cox are in it. But did I you at least see sat down and watched the whole movie. Like, did you see the no the parodies no. of it? Didn't see Scary Movie. What? They were like all the rage in the nineties. What were you doing? Uh, having fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing good. Incidentally, and this is not a trivia question because it's not a Price is Right style that it wouldn't ask very well, but uh, the original working title for Scream was Scary Movie. Fun fact. So uh, I have some questions in front of me here. I have one, two, three, four, five, and bonuses as needed. I actually have multiple bonuses as needed. We'll see what happens. They are all Price is Right style, as is typical with, with our quiz format as of late. So we'll start start here. Classic year-related question. What was the release date of the initial Scream? Scream one, you could call it, and we'll we'll start with uh, we'll start with Tectic. We have Air Bomber, Sport and Chance. Two thousand two. Tactic says very quickly. For Scream. Scream. No way. That's too late. I I'm gonna say because I don't want to bust, so I'm gonna say nineteen ninety. But I think it was definitely in the nineties because if you look at the cast of that movie, they were all like big stars in the nineties. So Air Bomber's on the board. It, th- this one's trick. I mean, the time time questions when it's so compressed in the last twenty years are kind of tricky. It was December 20th, 1996. This came out five days before Christmas, which is an interesting time Why to release a scary that? movie. They saw an opportunity. And uh, it actually, in its opening weekend, it did terribly. I think it had like $6 million. I thought uh, I it, was older when it came out. You were, well, I'm not going to say how old you were, but you were pretty young. Too young to be watching Scream, that's for sure. This movie had a terrible box office opening because it opened around Christmas, but as word of mouth grew, it steadily gained a large following and actually wound up doing very well at the box office, which takes me to my next question. What is the total box office gross, not of Scream 1, but of the entire Scream franchise? I will tell you there are four movies. What did they all gross at the box office? I'm going to say $20 million. I feel like that might be too low, but it was also the 90s, so I don't know. $200 million. Yeah, tactics on the board. Six hundred and eight million. <laughs> so I, I still I don't have a good sense of inflation at all. Twenty whatsoever. million. <laughs> I don't. Well, okay. I don't know if this number is inflated or uninflated, but I can pretty much guarantee you that no matter what, twenty million dollars is wrong. Inflation is not. Don't that you remember Fantasy serious. Movie League? No, right. I don't. We're a fair. It's a been fair so long. That. So okay, I'm, I'm on. I'm on Wikipedia just just to make sure. Yeah, the first movie had a worldwide box office of 173 million. That is not adjusted for inflation. That is just the flat out number. So 608 makes a lot of sense considering that. So it's tied. We're two questions in, it's tied. So good work to both of you. What was the Rotten Tomatoes score of the original Scream? Now, horror, there's not really a hint. Horror movies tend to not do very well on... Is this the critic or audience score? This is the critic score for Scream 1. I'm going to say 43%. I was going to say around there. I'll go a little bit higher and I'll say 60%. Guys, it's got a 78%. And actually... Wow, that's actually uh, really good. 78% critic, 79% audience. So for once, those you tend to see those numbers very far apart. For once, this lined up almost exactly. So that this whole, the, guys, horror movies do bad. <laughs> yeah, I had faked you. Th- this was lauded as, you know, it, it it's kind of a meta horror movie, right? Because it... it it by the way you set up the throws. first person to lose that question automatically with that comment just putting that out there you sound bitter and it just feeds me so keep <laughs> it coming 
it, it, it turned a lot of tropes on uh, of the genre on their head, from what I understand. Again, I haven't seen the movie, but uh, people really responded to it, both critics and audiences alike. So Nerd Bomber is now up by one, and we have two questions to go. Tactic, get in the game. I'll try not to head fake you anymore. Scream actually had a television series. Short-lived in 2015. It ran for three seasons. How many episodes did it have? Okay, I'm going to try to figure this out with math. It obviously got renewed, so it must have had at least two full seasons, and I can't see this thing having more than 10 episodes in a season, because I don't even remember it being on network TV. I honestly have no idea. I'm going to say 26 episodes, because I feel like it probably got through two seasons and then got canned halfway through the third. I'm going with 13 episode seasons for three seasons at 39 episodes. Okay, so Tactic busted. It was 30. So Nerd Bomber, you were very close. Your 10, 10 episodes per season estimate was very close. In the first two seasons, it ran on MTV with 10 and 14 episodes respectively in each season. Season three ran on VH1 for six episodes, and I assume midway through that season, it was canceled. So Nerd Bomber, take a victory lap. Take a whoop shot of whiskey. Whoop. Whatever you want to do, you have cleared the bar for the win this week. But we can do the last question. Uh, just I'm becoming the new illegal, never winning. <laughs> You're becoming the new illegal, and I wasn't going to say it. I'm glad you put words to it. Let's round this out here, though. As I've mentioned, there were four films. What's the total runtime in minutes? Take all those movies, mash them together. Total runtime. And uh, Tactic, you go first, which I know is a disadvantage, but that's where we are. You said four movies? Four films. So four films at an hour and a half apiece. I'm going to go six hours. I didn't need to use my calculator. Can you tell me how many minutes that is? Might have to use the calculator for that. 360. Oh, was that the exact math that you used for your calculator? Yeah, it was. Uh, So I'm going to go 361 and be a real poo-poo head. (laughs) Well, poo-poo heads finish first. Uh, It was 451 minutes. So you almost completed the clean sweep of Tactic. 451 minutes, roughly, well, what what does the math make that? Just under two hours per, per film, essentially. So an hour and a half is undercutting a little bit. I don't actually know what the individual films are lengthwise, but averaging it out, it's right around two hours, a little less. So I do want to tell you one of my tiebreakers because I was a big fan of it. I was hoping to use it. The special effects artists used about 50 gallons of fake blood in the first movie. That's a lot of fake blood. Yes, it is. Corn syrup colored with red dye essentially is all it was. And uh, it was effective. So Tactic, you will be hosting the quiz next week. I'll be getting back in the game. No, I won't. uh, Which means... I'll be hosting. I'm the winner with the chicken dinner. Nerd Bomber won. She will be hosting. Tactic is going to be continuing to fight the good fight this time against me. I I dare say you have a better chance against me. Uh, I'm not a perennial winner, even though I have been lately. So until then, we want to thank you for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. We hope everyone who listens has a happy Halloween, whether you celebrate it with scary movies or, you know, shooting at kids with the fire hose, whatever you want to do. There was someone in my neighborhood who used to do that. It wasn't a fire hose. It was a garden hose. He wasn't a psycho. Anyways, happy Halloween, everyone. (laughs) We'll see you next week.